It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello there, Tom Clarkson here. I hope you've had a great Christmas and a very happy new year. You'll be thrilled to know there's just over a month until the first Grand Prix of 2024 in Bahrain and just 30 days until you can hear the first episode of F1 Beyond the Grid Series 7. There's plenty to whet your F1 appetite in the meantime, with car launches and pre-season testing all to come over the next month. But starting now, we've got a real treat for you as we build up to the new campaign. Having started this podcast in 2018, our Beyond the Grid archives are full of fascinating insight, gripping stories, and plenty of laughter from thrilling conversations with your Formula One icons past and present. The winter break is the perfect time to listen through them, but with so many to choose from, where do you start? Well, I'm going to help you. Between now and the start of Series 7, I'm going to be handpicking some of our very best clips in 30 days of Beyond the Grid. Here's how it's going to work. Every day between now and the 28th of February, you'll get a specially chosen clip from the Beyond the Grid archive. It could be a current Formula One star talking about their early days in racing, a world champion reflecting on their crowning moment, or one of the sport's many cult heroes sharing their favourite memories. Give it a listen, and if you want to hear more, then you'll be able to find the full interview. Then on every Wednesday during the 30 days, I'll choose one of my favourite full-length episodes for you to listen to. And if you'd like to join us for the 30 days, make sure you're following the show on your podcast app and turn on episode notifications so you know when the daily clip has been released. Right, let's get started. For day one, we're starting with the number one team in Formula One at the moment, reigning Constructors' Champions, Red Bull Racing. Their team boss, Christian Horner, is the longest-serving team principal on the grid, having been in charge since the team's inception in 2005. It's easy to forget that Christian's motorsport career started way before then, so when we first spoke to him on the podcast in 2018, I asked how he ended up in the hot seat at Red Bull. Winding the clock back even further to 1996, I was still driving at the time and I decided that I had an amount of sponsorship that, you know, I was going to set up a team because that would provide me the best opportunity with the money that I had rather than going to a team and, you know, wasting a lot of money and just having a set of result sheets and some overalls at the end of the year. This way, with the money I had, I'd still have a car and some assets around around me. So originally Arden was set up just as a mechanism for me to go to go racing that was my ambition with it not to be a team principal or anything like that and yeah you know, i needed a trailer to transport the car around in and then you know i was informed of this chap in austria dr helmut marco he was going to taking his team to america and he had a he had a trailer for sale so i flew to graz i think i was about 24 at the time i met helmut no idea who he was knew that he was an ex-driver and that was about it and uh we had a pleasant lunch agreed a deal on this trailer and that was it shook hands on it and he said right you need to send me the money tomorrow 
and I'll deliver the trader in a one week's time to um, to Dover. Anyway, I, I came back and begged, borrowed and you know, scrounged the money, sent it to Helmut. And that was my first meeting with, with Helmut, who then was running his own team in Formula 3000 at the time. And then he then took on the Red Bull Junior program where he had two young drivers, Enrico Bernaldi and uh, Riccardo Mauricio. And that, you know, Helmut, he had some success with it, but it, you could see his heart was sort of going out of it and he was becoming more and more involved with Red Bull. And then in the meantime, I'd won the championship with Thomas Enger in 2002. I'd won the championship again in Formula 3000, which is now called Formula 2 with Bjorn Wertheim in 2003. And for 2004, there was a, a an Italian driver that was a Red Bull junior called Vitz Antonio Liuzzi. And I was desperate to have him in our team because he was the, the standout driver. And by this time, Helmut was looking after the program. And, and so I went and negotiated with Helmut. And typical Helmut, he wanted to pay cheap. So he offered me half a budget for Liuzzi. And I said, okay, I'll do it for that, but you've got to pay a win bonus. How confident were you winning? I thought we might win three or four races. So I said, if we win... Yeah, you know, so I said, if we win a race, I'd want a win bonus of, I think it was 20,000 euros a race. And Liuzzi went on to win every single race bar one, which his teammate Robert Dornbos won, um, and totally dominated the championship. So so in the end, I didn't look at any money on it, put it that way. But Helmut was happy because his driver won, and, you know, it, su- it suited me. And at the time, I then won the Formula 3000 championship for three years in a row and the team championship. And I was thinking, right, okay. I want to move into Formula One. And at the time, I was looking for opportunities for the Arden team to go into Formula One. So Bernie Eccleston, who I'd been representing the Formula 3000 teams for, the Helmut actually re- had nominated me to represent the teams with Bernie to negotiate prize funds and bits and pieces. Bernie basically said, you need to be doing Formula One. And I want to find a solution for Eddie Jordan's team. Eddie wanted out. And... Uh, I offered him one pound for it in the end to take on the liability that he had, that he went absolutely ballistic about. I remember having him ranting on the phone at me because the more stones you you lifted, the more issues you found. And during that process, Helmut introduced me to, to Dietrich because Red Bull at the time were looking at buying a team in Formula One. They'd been a sponsor of Christian Klein at Jaguar. They'd been involved as a shareholder at Sauber, but you know they were keen to get involved in Formula One. So initially I met Dietrich at the end of the summer in 2004 and he was half interested in the Jordan you know scenario so, so Helmut was the introduction so Helmut yeah he was the inter- intermediary and anyway he made it quite clear no look we we want to go the Jaguar route we feel that's a better proposition for us keep us informed with how the Jordan thing goes the Jordan thing rapidly by the time of October end of October was pretty much dead and I'd still been talking to Helmut on and off about bits and pieces and he was becoming ever more frustrated with the existing management was the old Jaguar management at what was now Red Bull that they acquired in November 2004 and so by December I said look the Jordan thing is dead and he said well why don't you come and have a chat with us with Dietrich about what we're doing and so literally just before Christmas 2004 I flew to Salzburg had a meeting with Dietrich and and Helmut and they offered me a two-year deal to, to run the team in, in Formula One. And, yeah, I was just turning 31 years of age. You know, and Jaguar had scored nine points the previous year. 
And so Dietrich gave me the opportunity. And again, you made me a very low offer in terms of remuneration, but said, I'll pay you a bonus for each point that you score. And uh, we scored 12 points at the first Grand Prix in Australia and went on to score, I think, 34 points that that first year. But it was it was really through Helmut introducing me to Dietrich and then Dietrich having the the balls to go with a 31-year-old and uh, giving the keys to his new asset, this this Formula One team. And, you know, as I say, it was initially a, it was a two-year contract. And I started at Red Bull on January the 4th, I think it was, 2005. How incredible that Christian's Red Bull adventure began with him buying a trailer from Helmut Marko. And what a decision by the late Dietrich Mateschitz, co-founder of Red Bull, to take a punt on him at such a young age. With 13 Drivers and Constructors World Championships combined since then, that boldness has certainly paid off. And if the team are able to continue last season's unprecedented domination in 2024, then I can't see Christian leaving anytime soon. Well, that's day one of 30 Days of Beyond the Grid. Thanks for listening and make sure you come back again tomorrow for another gem from our archives. Formula One is the greatest sport in the world. But there can be a lot to understand. Don't worry, we're here to help. I'm Katie Osborne. This is Christian Hugill. And welcome to F1 Explains. This is the official F1 podcast about how the sport really works. The drivers, the cars, the rules, the words, the risk takers, late breakers and history makers that amaze and inspire us every race weekend. Hit like, follow or subscribe for new episodes every Friday as we answer your questions about F1 with the help of some very special guests. Oscar Piastri, welcome for your debut on F1 Explains. Thank you, thanks for having me. Double World Champion Mika Hakkinen, welcome to F1 Explains. That they could make up, what the what are you doing, man? <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? And by your side, a woman whose race strategy once made Sergio Perez cry. It's important for me to say tears of joy. Welcome back, Bernie Collins. Thank you so much. You've just not heard the crying ones from losing the race. (laughs) Susie Wolf joining us here on F1 Explains. What a joy to have you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me, Christian Hugill and Katie Osborne on the stage is Formula One legend David Coulthard. We'll be here across the 2024 season with current drivers and legends of the sport. Plus, insights and explanations from people you don't usually get to hear from, the unseen experts who are essential to Formula One. We need your question to put to our experts. Are you F1 Explains? <laughs> we are. I love your podcast. I love F1 Explains. <laughs> Christian Ufio. Oh and Katie Osborne. Katie Osborne. Record it as a voice note on your phone, or you can write it in an email and send it to F1Explains at F1.com. Just search for F1Explains wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll speak to you soon. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. 
It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 